Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash w-a-n-t-p-o-w-e-r. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubel, MD, episode number 19. This is Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight and feel better so that you can have the life you want. This is the resource you've been looking for to guide you on the journey to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food. Here's your host, Dr. Katrina Ubell. Well, hello there, my friends, my lady doctors. How are you? And everybody else, all my non-lady doctors, just my ladies or men. You know, I have some men who love listening too, and welcome to you too, men. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> you guys are my favorites. You guys, I want to just start off this podcast today by mentioning and reassuring you about something that a client just brought up to me just a couple of days ago. She said, Katrina, it seems like you just totally have it together. Like you just never have any negative thoughts. You just totally know how to manage your mind. You're just rocking it out on a daily basis. And that thought was actually making her feel bad that she wasn't changing her thinking more rapidly and feeling better more rapidly. And I just want to reassure you guys that I don't have it all together. Okay. (laughs) I'm a human being like anybody else. And I work through this stuff every day. Now, is my life considerably better than it used to be? For sure. Oh my gosh, so much better. My thinking has improved so much. And that by default has changed my experience of my life for the better so much. I mean, my relationship with everybody in my life is considerably better 
Do I still have work to do in certain areas? For sure I do. And I still am doing it on a daily basis. You know, sometimes we have these relationships that are really a struggle, or we just really think we're right. (laughs) I'm totally justified in thinking the way I think. And so we have to do a lot of work on it. And we work on things, we change our thinking a little. And then some other things come up, okay, I have more work to do. and, And we continue working on all of that. And even with food too, I'll be having some smooth sailing for a while. Things are going great, no issues. And then, you know, I get a little blip too, and something's kind of goofy and I have to relook at everything and kind of make some tweaks to, to my eating and my protocol. And I want to just reassure you that number one is normal. I think the number of people who achieve enlightenment or whatever you want to call it, whatever that ends up even meaning is very, very few. You know, most of us, even people who are very skilled at this are every day working on managing their minds and paying attention to their food too. My mom and I do not share any physical body characteristics. I definitely just took after other people in our family and not her. And so she, her build is just much smaller than mine. And she never had to even pay attention to one thing that she ate. I think she said till she was like 44 or something, maybe 42, but somewhere early 40s there. Just never even had to think about it or exercising or any of that. Just was never an issue. And of course, that has not been my experience, as you guys know. But she didn't just decide like, oh, okay, now I'm just going to gain weight. And this is how it goes as you get older. She was not willing to accept that as just a fact of life. So she weighs herself. She's always watching what she's eating and not in a pathological way. I mean, she's just doing it to keep track so that it doesn't become a problem. And so she's in her mid seventies now. And I just look at her. I mean, she's doing amazing. She still totally has her weight under control. She's super healthy and has a wonderfully healthy relationship with food and eating. And so what I take from that is I'm going to have to pay attention forever, right? And that can be okay. I can accept that as part of the deal for being healthy. You know, I'm going to continue going through menopause. My body's going to change. I'm going to have to make adjustments and that's all going to be okay. But what's so great is that doesn't also mean that I need to go back to my old way of thinking of constantly obsessing about food and wanting food and resisting food and using willpower and negotiating with myself all the time. That all can go away and stay away. That's the part that really is so draining and so difficult. And that part can be gone and it can be okay to still just weigh myself and go, okay, yeah, I'm right on target. Or actually, you know, I've been really convincing myself that I can have more peanut butter than I really probably should have. Need to dial it back a little. That's okay. But you do that when you're only up a pound or two, not when all of a sudden you turn around and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm up 20 or 30 or 40 or more pounds. And then we're repeating this whole cycle again and having to deal with the emotions that come along with that. So just want to reassure you guys, I'm just like you. I'm just like anybody who's working on this life, right? You know, being a mom, being a wife, being a daughter, being a sister, all of it, being a friend, it all requires energy and effort and managing our minds. And that's okay. That's part of our human experience. Okay, today we are going to talk about excitement and entertainment in our lives and how that relates to overeating and overdrinking. 
So often when my clients stop overeating and overdrinking, they find that they're really pretty disappointed in the rest of their lives. They realize that for sure, the vast majority of the entertainment and excitement in their lives revolves around food. So when we take that away, they don't know what to do with themselves. They find that they're really bored or lonely or restless or irritated, and they don't know what to do next besides wish that they could eat or drink to avoid all of those negative and uncomfortable emotions. So I want to start by just explaining that entertainment is a natural form of pleasure in our lives. It's completely normal and healthy to want some entertainment. A problem surfaces, though, when that entertainment leads to results that we don't want. Gambling is a great example, especially for me, because I don't like to gamble. I always think that if I want to lose money, I'll just go spend it on something. So at least I have something to show for it at the end. Gambling totally stresses me out. And I generally have no desire to do it. But some people do. A guy I dated in college would pretty frequently drive up to Atlantic City with his friends and gamble all night. And if you like playing the slots or craps or blackjack or something, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you play to the point that the result of that playing is that you're worsening your debt or have to sell your house or drain your retirement savings and you're up all night long playing online poker, now we have a problem. (laughs) With eating, if you eat some food for entertainment or pleasure every now and then, there's nothing wrong with that. It's part of being human to get some pleasure out of your food. But if you eat to the point that the result of that eating is that you're overweight and have new health problems and have horrible thoughts about your body and endless chatter in your brain about what to eat next, now we have a problem. So you can see the correlation, right? It's all a variation of the same thing. Gambling itself isn't a problem. It's when you over gamble that it's a problem. Eating itself is not a problem. It's when you overeat that it becomes a problem. So many of us identify as being busy, like I mentioned in the busyness podcast a few weeks ago. This is a deeply ingrained story we have about ourselves, that we have families and jobs and all kinds of responsibilities, which means we have no time for hobbies or exercise or things that we really enjoy doing. It's basically a whole sob story, pity party that we create in residency when we do legitimately give the hospital the vast majority of our time, then we carry it through into our attending lives. But this idea that we have no time for hobbies or fun is always a lie. And I'll explain to you why. First of all, we choose every single thing that we decide to do and not do. We don't have to do one single thing if we don't want to. But what we do choose is to take a break and eat or to procrastinate by eating, or to neutralize negative emotions by eating, or to zone out in front of the TV as well as eating. So if we take away the eating component because it's optional, we're left with time. Time to get the thing done that we're procrastinating about, time to feel and process our negative emotions, time to take a break and do something that actively de-stresses us, 
time to go to bed at a reasonable hour or time to exercise or make some progress on that hobby or reconnect with a friend. Those forms of entertainment are always available to us, but they're crowded out when we prioritize food entertainment. So you do have time for exercise and hobbies and friends when you choose to make or create that time. One thing that really changed everything for me was when I learned how just looking at food or pictures of food not only causes us to release the hormone ghrelin, which makes us hungry, but it also gives us a dopamine hit in our brains. So watching food shows on TV, scrolling on Pinterest and ooing and awing over cookbooks and magazines not only legitimately made me hungrier, but it made my desire for eating and overeating go through the roof. There's data on this. As you remember, when you get a dopamine hit in your brain, your brain takes notice and wants you to repeat that same action again to get more pleasure. The way it drives you to do that is by increasing your desire and your urges for that thing. I thought I just had this innocent little hobby, but it was actually impacting my hormones in such a way that it made it even harder to resist the sweets and maintain an ideal weight. One time a client of mine told me that she felt bad that she still wanted to watch the housewives mindlessly at night. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Sometimes my mindless pleasure is watching the Kardashians. I don't know. I'm sorry, you guys, I can't explain it. I just like them. <laughs> the, the issue is that what she really wanted was to watch the housewives while drinking a few glasses of wine and having a snack. Right? So she has options here. She can watch the show and just not drink and eat. Or if that's too difficult, she can decide to take a break from watching and do something else instead. Either one is fine, but she needs to decide what the something else could be and will be. And this is such a great opportunity to find something else that you love to do for entertainment and excitement. I personally like to turn on the Kardashians when I'm folding laundry. It turns a pretty boring activity into some entertainment for me. And I never think of eating when I'm folding laundry, so my brain doesn't even suggest it. It's a nice form of entertainment for me. And I get to be a little productive. As we age and all our responsibilities build up, we often really lose sight of who we even are and what we like or even want. And this is not an uncommon occurrence, especially for women. We're so focused on all the obligations we've taken on, like our career, raising kids, being a spouse, possibly caring for aging family members, so much so that we lose sight of who we are and what we actually enjoy in the world. We kind of take on a mindset of like, I've got a job and real things I need to do. I don't have time for things I like to do. Everyone else's needs come before mine. It's that pity party again, like kind of that sob story. So when we stop overeating, all the reasons why we overeat come up. And for plenty of my clients, they notice that they barely know what to do with themselves if they aren't having a snack or a glass of wine. I personally am always really glad when they tell me this because I think of this as such an amazing opportunity to deliberately create what you want in your life instead of just letting it happen to you. 
For example, if you find yourself with free time where you'd like some entertainment, you now get to pick whatever you want to do, as long as you also want the results of that activity. So the opportunities are endless, which is so fun. So think about what you've always wanted to do or learn or try. There's so many things that are probably lingering in the back of your mind as things that you'd like to do someday. Someday, like when the kids sleep through the night or out of the house completely or when work slows down, which P.S. it never will, of course, (laughs) or when you're retired. But pushing all of that into someday means that you're left with barely any entertainment now besides food. And this is how we end up overweight. I like to talk about making your food boring and your life exciting. (laughs) I really like this hashtag, hashtag boring food, exciting life. When you make your food boring, you're creating so much space in your life for more excitement. All you have to do is decide what you want to choose for that excitement. You'll want to choose wisely though, because you want to make sure that the result of that excitement is something you want. What we definitely don't want to do is swap one problem for another. What I mean by that is that maybe you don't overeat anymore or overdrink anymore, but now you're struggling with overspending because you're neutralizing your negative emotions with shopping instead of feeling them. I worked for a while with a physician client who really liked scrapbooking, but never had the time. And then she had guilt and other negative feelings about herself for not keeping up with the albums for her toddler. It's like the double whammy effect in that she knew she could get some entertainment and the feeling of accomplishment, which feels great by scrapbooking, but she wouldn't prioritize working on that. Instead, she'd veg in front of the TV and eat. So we worked on her planning one night a week where after her child went to bed, she went straight to the basement where she had all her scrapbooking stuff all laid out and she'd work on it for an hour. That was her agreement with herself. Now I'll tell you what I told her. I told her to expect that she'd never want to do it when the time came. What she wanted was the result of doing that scrapbooking, meaning the completed and well-organized albums and the sense of accomplishment. So to create that result, she had to decide to scrapbook regularly, even when she didn't want to. Time and again, she told me that the time would come like clockwork. She wouldn't feel like doing it in the moment, but she remembered what I told her and she did it anyway. And pretty often once she got started, she'd find herself getting into it and going longer than she had even promised herself. And if not, she would stop after the hour is up. No big deal. She felt amazing after each of those scrapbooking sessions. She was making progress on a goal. She was prioritizing something that was important to her. She was tapping into her creativity and utilizing her brain in a totally different way than she usually did. And she felt amazing about it. So think about what your scrapbooking is. And what I mean by that is that it might not be scrapbooking for you. It might be reading for pleasure sometimes. It might be doing yoga before bed. It might be a different craft project. It might be FaceTiming with friends that you haven't caught up with in ages. It might be getting back into exercising regularly. What I find so interesting is that many of my clients tell me that if they have time to read a book for pleasure, then they really should just be doing something that gets them CME credit or 
volunteering for their kid's school or something like that, something that seems more productive. But what I want to offer is that those are not the same thing. Our inherent desire for entertainment and excitement is not fulfilled by doing CME work. And for most of us, it is not going to be fulfilled by doing school busy work either. So it's not a trade off. But because we still want to just relax and be entertained, we end up choosing the snack and TV or computer route rather than doing the CME, because somehow that seems less indulgent than reading a book or taking a class. Now, I definitely ate plenty as entertainment. The best part of traveling was always planning out the places we go to to eat and then eating there. Also, every date night was all about where we'd eat and what we'd eat. Interestingly, it always involved overeating and getting too full, which I now understand is like taking a good thing and ruining it. But I didn't understand that. That's what I was doing at the time. But I also want to address other forms of food and drink related entertainment that may be getting you in trouble with your weight as well. Those include things like watching the Food Network or other cooking shows, listening to food and wine related podcasts, reading food or wine related magazines or cookbooks, and scrolling through Pinterest or blogs online looking for new recipes. These things were all in one way or another a major source of food entertainment for me. I just thought of cooking and baking and then eating, of course, (laughs) as my hobby. It worked out great because we needed to eat anyway. And I could do it on my own time at home with the kids, even when I was on call. It felt like killing two birds with one stone, right? I got to be challenged and entertained. And I got to show love by providing yummy food for my family. Never mind that I ate more than my fair share of that food for sure. It's interesting to note here that I have a great friend from residency whose hobby is cooking and baking. She loves finding new recipes and cooking all kinds of great stuff. She's always been thin and continues to be well into her 40s. She does not work out excessively or punish herself in any way to maintain that. And here's what she does. She doesn't overeat. She's one of these naturally thin people. She makes the food, but then isn't eating more than her body needs. She doesn't have obsessive thoughts about food and what to make next. So she's more than welcome to keep up this hobby because it's serving her. There's really no downside for her to continue entertaining herself with food. But for those of us who have weight problems, it's a completely different story. We have to recognize how all the food entertainment makes our weight struggle even worse. For me, I had to seriously go cold turkey on all things food entertainment. I deleted all the food related shows off the DVR. No more chopped, no more master chef. I unsubscribed from the food podcasts and the food blogs that I'd been religiously following. I canceled the food magazines. I only went on Pinterest to find a specific recipe that I had already pinned, made, and knew was good and on my plan. I had to ban myself from searching for any new recipes on there or mindlessly scrolling of any kind for anything. I created my recipe list that we'd make our meals from, which I discussed in the podcast about constraint, and I packed away all the other cookbooks. I really had to think about other forms of entertainment for myself. 
So I wanted to cut back on all my show watching anyway, or at least the majority of it. So I decided to only set the DVR for one or two other shows, which were on HGTV, incidentally, (laughs) because there's not much food discussion on there. I found some books that I had always wanted to read and made sure they were in areas of the house where I'd find them. So I would remind myself by seeing them. Oh, yeah, that's right. I could read those. I found new podcasts that I could get into. I started going to bed much earlier because if you're bored and chronically exhausted, it seems like it might be a good idea to go to bed and catch up on sleep. I basically was deliberately choosing what to expose my brain to rather than doing things to escape my brain and my thinking. So just by doing this, I reduced the amount of chatter in my brain about food so much, like a ridiculous amount. It was crazy. I was pretty shocked by how much of my brain space was being taken up by food related content. So I want to challenge you to do two things. I want you to pay attention to how much of your entertainment and excitement involves food and alcohol. If it's more than about 20%, that's very likely going to be a problem for you if you're overweight. I also want you to start dreaming again about all the things you'd love to do or try or learn if you had more time and space in your life. Pick one from that list and take some steps toward making it happen. If you want to take a dance class, find a studio and book a class. If you want to get back into yoga, look up the schedule online and decide when you're going to go. If you want to do some non-food centered date nights, look into which concerts and shows are coming into your area and buy some tickets or research the movies that are playing. If you're feeling disconnected from your friends, write down five names of people you want to reach out to. Make a plan to write an email or a text a day. So by the end of the week, you've contacted each one. Really, the sky's the limit here. I could go on and on. But what I want you to do is to work to crowd out the food entertainment in your life with other entertainment so that dropping the food entertainment isn't such a big deal. Once you've done this, let me know about what you've decided to do over in the comments on the show notes page. And you can find that at katrinaubelmd.com forward slash 19. I'd love to hear about what food entertainment you're dropping and also what you're going to replace it with. All right, my friends, have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on Weight Loss for Busy Physicians. Now take the next step and go to KatrinaUbelMD.com to download just what you need. Join us again next week for more support to keep you in control and on the path to freedom around food.